0: The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase, and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's www.adworks.com slash Bill Risser.
1: It really is interesting to have some of our 60-year-old agents talking in the meeting with some of our 20-year-old agents. And it's, it's just fabulous. And we, all, we have a very strong culture here. Right. And we all treat each other like family. And it's, uh, it's really cool to just, just to see the different generations help each other working towards a common goal, which is really the client experience.
0: Welcome to The Real Estate Sessions, and join industry leaders as they share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Risser of Chicago Title, Arizona. Welcome to Episode 62 of The Real Estate Sessions podcast, and today we're coming back to the Valley of the Sun. I'm in Scottsdale, and I'm here with Sarah Kirsch.
1: Sarah Kirsch Richardson.
0: Richardson. Perfect. I want to make sure I get that middle name right. Sarah is the principal, the owner, and the designated broker of True Realty in Scottsdale, Arizona. And she has a very interesting story. I can't wait to kind of dive into um, her her background and how she ended up where she's at today, which is what we like to do here at the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So you're born in Waukesha, Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, it's a mouthful, isn't it? Did I say it right? Yeah, you did. Awesome.
0: So that's really. <laughs> so I might say Waukesha a few more times just because it's a really cool word. Um, I'm guessing Wisconsin. You're in Arizona. You probably like the Packers.
1: Absolutely. Okay,
0: that's all right. We'll let that go, and we'll move on. <laughs> Although I did see in my only Super Bowl that I ever got to attend in person, it was in 1998, I think, and it was Packers-Broncos in San Diego. Oh, wow. That was a bad day for the Packers because John Elway scored a touchdown late in the game to win. So
1: I think I vaguely
0: remember that. You should probably just wipe that from your memory. You are okay. probably in college at the time. Yes. Yeah, perfect. So, yeah. First of all, where in Wisconsin is Waukesha and what should we know about Waukesha?
1: Well, there's not much to know about Waukesha, but it is just a little bit west of Milwaukee. So it's a suburb of Milwaukee, so I could easily say I'm from Milwaukee. But I grew up on a small lake outside of Waukesha, Wisconsin. So growing up on a lake was an amazing experience, sailing, skiing, water sports, hockey in the winter. It was just a great place to grow up.
0: Wow. So I'm trying to imagine the summers are just spectacular.
1: And the mosquito is the state bird.
0: Okay. <laughs> so a few states share that same state bird, they right? Do, Minnesota, yeah. Michigan, Wisconsin, yeah. Uh-huh. And the winters were
1: frigid cold. Okay. But that's probably the impetus for me moving here.
0: So you decide to come to. Arizona, like a lot of our guests, it's kind of a common thread Mm -hmm. with guests coming to Arizona. You ended up going to Arizona State University. Go Devils, right? Oh, yeah. Go Devils. Excellent. So this is maybe 20 years ago when you come out here. Is that about right? Yes. Talk about Tempe 20 years ago and that whole experience going to ASU. It
1: was a completely different experience than I'm seeing down in campus today. I mean, there were, first of all, fraternities everywhere. And it was probably the biggest party school in the nation. And now ASU is completely transformed. I mean, they're not now the most innovative university in the United States and fraternity row is gone and they're really kind of making a name for themselves. And I don't even think they're close to being the largest party school in the nation either.
0: Yeah. They don't have that role. Michael Crow's yeah. done some amazing he things. He amazing. Right? Very
1: dynamic. Yeah. yeah. Very Big cool. Big
0: fan. Uh, I am too. My son's a, a grad as well. So uh, always, yeah, love, love what they're doing down in uh, ASU and we don't have to talk about the school down South. Good. So The you're, school. The school. You're a business major. Correct. Was real estate kind of on your mind while you're, you know, going through business Not school? Not at all.
1: <laughs> Talk I about was, that. yeah, I was really lacking direction in my early twenties, and so I just was kind of doing the spaghetti on the wall technique, just seeing whatever stuck and whatever I could really pass to get through it. Yeah. And real estate didn't fall into my lap until my mid to late twenties.
0: Okay, so what were you doing right out of school then?
1: I just did various um, restaurant jobs, mm-hmm. and then I, um, I fell into planning weddings and working at a golf course, and I did that for about five years prior to real estate.
0: So you were in a service industry, which Correct. is another really common thread with people that are very successful in real estate today, because if, if you can handle the service part of things and you can build those relationships with people, which you do in the restaurant industry, or oh, yeah. especially in uh, you know the, the, the party industry, the planning mm-hmm. industry, that there's got to be this, this skill that definitely translates into what you do today, right? Absolutely. Yeah. What was the trigger then? What was that? There had to be some moment in your life where you go, "Wow, I can do that." That's real estate. Talk yes. about that.
1: Um, well, it was more for me um, the time I was working nights and I was working weekends, and weddings are typically Saturday nights. And so I was a young single woman, and I wanted to kind of get more on that daytime job. And I just thought real estate was a great way for me to get that opportunity. Um, I'd always been working in commission, so it didn't scare me. Where some people that are going from a salary position mm-hmm. into a commission uh, structure is, is quite intimidating where for me, it just seemed natural.
0: You started off in the commercial arena. I did. So that's a really unique way to enter real estate. Very, you know, that's a tougher way to go than residential. And so it's, you know, I, in fact, I just left a, a CCIM board meeting. I was talking about some marketing ideas with them and it's, been traditionally especially back when you started this is probably in the tooth early 2000s mm-hmm. it was a good old boy network oh, there probably yes. weren't a lot of women um, and so what are some of the challenges as a young woman coming into that into that world back in back in, and it was
1: really hard it seemed to be harder to get opportunity but mm-hmm. I'm not one for hard I love hard work and I always just keep my head down and plug away um, it took me about two years I didn't earn a commission for two years just shadowing other agents, and they pretty much put me through a hazing process. But without that hazing process and without that kind of training, I probably wouldn't be a broker and an owner today. So I kind of owe that that training to my successes. Um, but being in commercial real estate is a completely different animal, but it's uh, it's a longer sales process, and it is a male-dominated industry. But I think any woman can be successful in it if they put their mind to it.
0: I think we're seeing more and more of that today, yeah. right? So as I was at the board meeting today there were four or five women on the board. It's not like it used to be, Mm -hmm. and I think that's important. You're cruising through in this commercial world, but then you kind of made a switch, right? Somehow, and maybe it was market-driven, but I'm trying to, how do you go from, I'm a commercial broker working down this path, To then deciding, you know what, maybe there's some opportunities over here in the residential world, right? And is that kind of how that played out? Absolutely. The the
1: impetus for that was 2008. Um, Mm -hmm. I saw the writing on the wall, and I knew that the fat floats to the top, especially in commercial real estate. And I I was not the fat, so I had to figure out something else to do. And so I took some of my commercial investors and some friends and family members, and I said, okay. We're going to invest in residential real estate. We're going down to trustee sale. We're going to start buying bank-owned properties, and we're going to fix them up and sell them. And they were my guinea pigs.
0: So that work ethic you developed in commercial, which you must have, mm-hmm. as far as research and, and, and analyzing values and understanding opportunities, that, that was what allowed you then to kind of make that decision to make that change and bring some in, you know, really investors in with you to go try and make this work. Absolutely. Did it work? You did. <laughs> so let's talk about it. it so like, did. Talk about those days. I mean, so were you were you one of the people on the courthouse steps? I did you, was your team, and then so you know all those guys down there because that was a weird time, right? I was um, a branch manager still, and we had time on our hands. Things were slow, but we put together field trips down to the courthouse steps because realtors <laughs> wanted to go down there. Could you imagine, right? Oh and my I'm gosh. like, there's we would try to prepare them and say, you're not going to be welcome here. There's a regular group of people down here who know what they're doing and they can do things to make it your life difficult if you want to enter this world. Did you have to go through that and put I up with didn't,
1: that? I didn't. Um, I was lucky because I had aligned myself with a partner that already had connections down there. So Perfect. he was the one that was doing the bidding for the clients and I was handling more of the back-end real estate contracts and mm-hmm. and the designing aspect of the fix and flip.
0: Did you have any relationships with any banks at that time or were you doing strictly auction stuff
1: strictly auction no relationships with banks but just lots and lots of MLS offers I had to hire another real estate agent to uh, to write about 100 to 200 offers sometimes per week just to secure as many REOs as we and short sales as we possibly could.
0: wow and then you had a just I'm sure a cadre of contractors that you like to work with right Mm -hmm. because there's that process talk about I mean I think it'd be interesting for the audience because fix and flips are never going away ever all that they're always around absolutely they're tougher now and you You've mm-hmm. got to be a little more astute and sophisticated on how you determine which properties you're going to you know, kind of go after. But walk us through that process and how does that project management happen? And I'm, I'm, I'm imagining you took care of the project management. I the, definitely did. Yeah. Can you talk about that for us? The project management yeah. side? Yeah.
1: Uh, well, it really comes down to walking a property and knowing first making sure that it fits a certain criteria of what you're looking for. And there's major, there's some big rules of thumb with fixing and flipping is you don't go near a busy street. You're not backing to commercial. Um, you're not backing to something that's odd. Uh, We really want to look for just normal traditional architecture, something that that the traditional buyer will like. And then it comes to walking the property, seeing if we need to do an addition. Most of the time, if it's an older property, we've got to open it up. We have to create that open floor plan, that beautiful, great room that everybody is looking for, and then potentially
0: add on a a master bedroom. Yeah. Gotcha. So the... Timing of these things, I guess, were dependent upon how much work had to be done. But and every day the clock is ticking, money is being spent every day. Oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that interest is something you got to carry. <laughs> what was your ideal time frame for getting something kind of completed and back on the market? Um,
1: if we were just doing what I call a lipstick on a pig, okay, just a traditional remodel, is I would that say paint and carpet, paint, and carpet, cabinets, countertops, gotcha. uh, just making it pretty. Yeah. Um, 30 to 45 days, so that's pretty quick, it, yes, yeah.
0: So you're hoping to get out of that loan within you know uh, 2 months that's yes. kind of your goal if we
1: were leveraging it if we were using hard gotcha. money some of my investors were straight cash which was nice so oh we my. weren't under the gun yes at the mercy of those high interest rates
0: yeah are those hard money lenders still around today you can Absolutely. still find them if you want to and there are mm-hmm. people that're still using that doing that process yeah yes. it just it's so weird in our market today with things going so well that was me knocking on one. Yeah, <laughs> we know it's cyclical, but you don't really hear about it as much, right? Back in the day, when I was running the branch, we had lots of those regulars from downtown that were handling the financing with their own special little loan packages. Yeah, there's a, quite
1: a bit of hard money out there, and it seems that their rates are becoming a little more competitive. Oh, good! Which so is that's nice.
0: well, that's good for the, the 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 investors out there and the people that are doing that work. That's great. In 2010, you you know you're coming in 2008, things are going great. But you, you kind of, and you, did you do any residential resale while you were doing this or were I you did. solely focused a I bit? I was
1: pretty focused on the fix and flip. I mean, um, we were doing 10 to 20 a month. But if a friend or a family or I received a referral, of course, I was going to represent a traditional side, a, right. a, a buyer or a seller, but mostly focused out of on the fix and flip.
0: So in 2010, you founded True yes. Realty, which uh, we're actually sitting in your beautiful office here right now in Scottsdale. I love what you did with this office. Very, Thank you. very modern, very clean, very cool. Talk about that process because you had not, you know, you had entered the residential world strictly as an investor, f- a friend of the investors, a fix and flipper doing that sort of thing. And now you're going to open a brokerage where you're going to have realtors to manage. It's a whole different... Can of worms. Talk about that.
1: The only constant in real estate is change. Okay. And so I knew that the fix and flip, there was no way I could sustain 10 to 20 fix and flips per month. So always looking forward. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I'm always pretty- planning ahead. And so I knew that we were going to become more of a traditional real estate market where I had to focus on buyers and sellers. And in order to do that, I needed to get bricks and mortar. I had to get an office and I needed to start building a traditional real estate brokerage. I couldn't just work out of my home.
0: Right. So how did how does that happen? I mean, first of all, Asher Cohen is your director of sales. Yes. Was he part of the, the at the beginning? Absolutely. So he th- was
1: kind of the, the reason that we started. He and I met together at a coffee shop and we were trying to get an investor deal done and realized that we worked very well together. We had similar working styles and decided that maybe we should team up and Build the brokerage together. The brokerage had already existed, but we wanted to build a a training curriculum and and provide a lot more resources than most of the other residential firms that are in Phoenix today. Okay.
0: So, as the owner and designated broker, you are responsible for all of your agents. Mm -hmm. Before, when you were kind of doing what you were doing before, ten to twenty deals a month, you were just worried about the process. You were worried. You had your team to worry about. Whoever your lenders were, your investors, your escrow, all that stuff. But now you've got this different stuff on your plate. How are you doing with that?
1: I'm doing good at it. Good, I good. actually really like the contract. It's, pr- it's my nerdy side of real estate, I nice. call it. Good. But it's definitely a strength of mine. So being a designated broker and advising people in a real estate contract has is, is always been a strength. So I felt it actually I fell into it pretty naturally. Okay. Um, so being able to pass on the contract and the knowledge and training people on that really was easy. And then Asher takes on the role of helping them market their business, prospecting and uh, build marketing tools and presentations and scripting and all that other stuff. So he and I are kind of the yin and the yang. I handle the legal. He handles the fun marketing side of things. So it's definitely, we have a good leadership team.
0: And that's probably critical for anyone Mm -hmm. that's even thinking about trying to do this. You're never going to do it on your own. You've got to have this team of people that cover all the bases. Yeah, and you
1: have to align yourself with people that have strengths that you don't have.
0: You have really embraced technology at True Realty. Um, Really embraced it. Can you share some of the things that, I guess you and Asher maybe talked about when you were setting this up and what was going to be important for you
1: we really, um, because we're younger leaders, we want to make sure that we're catering to technology and we want to make sure we're catering to to younger agents that it's just an essential thing. The average realtor is 50-something years old and so we want to make sure that um, we're giving the tools to our agents that they can pretty much operate their business from their smartphone. Um, Everything we do is paperless. We're utilizing apps. We're utilizing various internal processes to keep our deal flow as smooth as possible mm-hmm. and our internal communication as smooth as possible.
0: Great. But you have um, agents of all ages here. I've been to a yes. few of your meetings and so yeah. it's not like you're just hiring millennials. That's true. You have yeah. the entire gamut here and they're all pretty excited about the way you work things with technology, I've been I'm fortunate enough to been in a couple, be in a couple of your meetings, and you can see they're all embracing it. And they're all working hard. Uh, I'm 55, and there's people my age and older in here that are doing that kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: you're the exception, though. <laughs> I would <laughs> okay.
0: maybe at 55, maybe yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. But it's great to see that you've got a great mix, right? Because mm-hmm. the experience that comes with being in the business for a while is hard to replace. And when you've got the young, aggressive agents, they've got to learn things in that kind of mixture of I've got this experience, and they've got this technology, so it all kind of plays together yeah. and makes everybody stronger. And-
1: Absolutely, and I really like having people of all ages in on our team. And so I maybe misspoke when I said that earlier because it really is interesting to have some of our sixty-year-old agents talking in the meeting with some of our twenty-year-old agents, and it's it's just fabulous. And we all we have a very strong culture here, right. and we all treat each other like family. And it's uh, it's really cool to just just to see the different generations help each other working towards a common goal which is really the client experience. It's not the the uh, commission and the sale is the ancillary benefit to the relationship that we're training on here, which is white glove real estate service that we hand to the client.
0: I'm always so impressed when I hear an owner talk about that. It Yeah, the bottom line is important. Yeah, yeah, we're in this business to make money, but... I think, like, even using the word "leads" sometimes, right, doesn't sound right. It they're, doesn't, they're, yeah. they're customers or potential customers, and mm-hmm. you hopefully are going to build relationships and be connected to these people sometimes for life because oh, yeah. of you're walking them through this very important process. So that's part of the culture here at True is to make sure that that we're really creating that experience that one takes care of that customer. Two, it definitely leads to referrals, which is not a bad way to do business, right? Mm-hmm. And three, it's 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 flat out it's the right thing to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We right. always say that the relationship begins when escrow commences. And so that client is going to continue to hear, through, hear from us several times throughout the year until they're ready for their second purchase. One client should be yielding several purchases if you're treating the relationship and you're nurturing the relationship.
0: Right. That's quite different from a lot of the... Uh things that are happening in real estate today, I would agree. We have some people here in the Valley who are Mm -hmm. very successful and sell a lot of houses, but it's all a numbers game and it's all making those calls and inside sales agents and all that stuff. I don't see that probably happening here at True.
1: Absolutely not. And I don't think it's the wave of the future.
0: You're right. I think there's lots of different ways to skin a cat, and but but eventually those kinds of some some ways will burn out a little faster than others. Mm-hmm. And let's switch gears a little bit. We have one of the most interesting presidential elections coming up. Regardless of what side you're on, things will be kind of I think status quo until we get past November and we see who the new president is. But can I ask you for your take on that? Where do you? What's your thought about where real estate's going when we get beyond uh, say into 2017?
1: Well, my crystal ball is saying that things are just going to remain on course. I don't think that the election is going to have too much of an impact on the the residential real estate market. I do have a feeling that maybe beginning of 2018 we may stagnate a little bit, but I think it's going to stay strong through 2017. So that's my thoughts. Yeah,
0: you're always looking ahead. Mm-hmm. So for you, I mean, and maybe that's not something you can share on our podcast, but you, you're you're probably already kind of laying out business plans for 2018. Then I Absolutely. would imagine. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Well, that's. I think that's great to hear. I don't know if that's done very much in your world. Would you agree?
1: Um, no, no, <laughs> no. But every true realty agent is supposed to fill out a business plan and check in with their mentor and their coach quarterly to make sure that they're keeping on track so it's definitely trickling down from the top we all do it everyone needs to have a business plan and everyone needs to prepare for the future do they
0: not so much yes okay (laughs) so here at true though you is that one of the requirements you really try to have your agents
1: absolutely we're
0: coming into business planning season right now for 2017 Mm -hmm. this is not too early to start right no yeah
1: It's never too early to start.
0: (laughs) Good, I like that. Talking about the future, let's get back to technology a little bit. What's on the horizon for you technology-wise? Is there some really cool thing that you're looking at that's maybe you were trying to figure out a way that we can incorporate it into the real estate world?
1: There are a few new transaction management systems that incorporate a financial system that also incorporate... um, electronic signature that also incorporates CRM. So it's incredibly robust and we're in the process right now of interviewing some systems to replace some of the old stuff that we're currently using.
0: So we've always had these people claiming I've got the all-in-one solution, but now you're talking about a true all-in-one solution, right? Yes. you managing the finances as well as, you know, a CRM that's available on a to dis- to distribute to the agents and kind of handle all that as well and handle the entire transaction and things with impressive. your QuickBooks yeah that's which awesome. I like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
1: that's definitely something we're looking into right now yeah, and they, and sense. they can uh, allow it to be proprietary they can skin it for your brand and your interface and everything so it's uh, it's pretty in
0: it's pretty unique so that's powerful I like that a lot let me ask you a couple of questions <laughs> just on the marketing side of things as a designated broker you have the unenviable task of fielding phone calls from other designated brokers when things are going south. Let's talk about that for a minute. You're hoping that your agents are so well-trained that you never get one of those phone calls, but that's not real, especially when other agents can create whatever kind of scenario they want to create out of a transaction, right? I've seen that many, many times in escrow, so I understand how that works. Talk to me about your philosophy. How do you handle those kinds of situations when you got another broker and away you go.
1: Typically, I always ask a question. Um, whenever I get approached with something is, how would you handle this situation? I usually always put it back on the other either designated broker or agent, or even if it's an internal agent from True Realty asking me how to handle uh, a problem. Mm-hmm. And I usually say, how do you think you should handle it? And usually, if they have common sense, they know the right answer. They're just looking for me to reaffirm it for them. Right. So I usually start with that question, and then we kind of work our way down but i always try to remain as calm as possible because usually this is when tempers are flaring and it's so important to stay as calm and neutral minded as possible because the last thing you want to be doing is calling your own omissions company or getting the board involved or getting into any kind of alternative dispute resolution because they're entirely too expensive for right. both parties so as long as we can fi- we can figure out amicably the more calm you stay usually you can come to a solution
0: you're not a big fan of going to grievance no is anyone? <laughs> we don't want to go to that hearing. Okay, yeah. that's perfect. I know from being around this office that True Realty is, is, is involved in a charity. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yes, absolutely. We've just recently announced our True Gives campaign, which is focused on early childhood development. Um, and the impetus for that was we found a staggering statistic that uh, 90% of learning happens before the age of five, and 98% of federal funding begins after the age of five. Wow. So we saw this huge gap in um, helping children learn early. And so we've seen a huge response with some Spanish immersion schools that we've put our son in. And so we want to give back by providing scholarships to children and families that may not otherwise be able to afford preschool to be able to go to um, two various preschools in uh, Maricopa County. One is uh, Miro International Preschool in Scottsdale, and another one is ASU Preparatory Academy in downtown Phoenix.
0: How can someone who's interested help with True Gives?
1: If you're interested in uh, donating any funds towards a scholarship, we, of course, will take your money. And then if you're interested in um, helping out or um, donating your time to any of the events that we're putting forward for True Gives, please reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to help.
0: Excellent. Well, I've had you here now for like the half hour I asked of your time. So I'm going to ask you the same question I ask every every single guest on the podcast has answered this same final question. And it is, what piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started in the business?
1: Well, there's two things that you need to be successful in real estate. You need a real estate coach and you need a CRM. And so finding somebody that will coach you, that will hold you accountable, hold your iron in the fire to make sure that you're achieving your goals is absolutely critical. You need to make sure that you're going through a very strong training process. And you have to make sure that you're committed to time. A lot of people don't put in enough time in the beginning. I mean, some agents have this false notion they can put... 30 hours of work into a week and make six figures and it's completely untrue. You need to be working almost seven days a week, eight hours a day in order to achieve six figure income.
0: Right. So, so you're telling me that it's a part-time job with high pay is, is not true. I thought yeah, I could just like be a part-time <laughs> realtor and make a ton of money. That's not, not the way Maricopa it works. Maricopa County. No? Yeah. <laughs> so that's great. Sarah, if somebody wants to reach out to you and ask you some more questions about you or your brokerage, what's the best way for them to reach you?
1: You can reach me by email which is Sarah, with an H, S-A-R-A-H, at truerealty.com, or else you could call the office at 480-327-6700.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your story this week. Good luck with the Packers, <laughs> I guess. Thank you. They won <laughs> last week. Yes, they did. Unless it's a, a, an NFC championship game involving the Cardinals, I'll say good luck to the Packers. How's that?
1: That sounds good. All right. Thanks, Phil. Th- th-
0: thank you for being on the show. You've been listening to The Real Estate Sessions with Bill Risser of Chicago Title Arizona. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and tell your friends about The Real Estate Sessions as new episodes are published weekly.